Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of your favorite football podcast, the MT Stands Podcast. I'm Chooks, and I'll be your host on this episode alongside Ebuka. It's early days in this season, but this is not the time for you to sit and be falling far behind the pecking order. So we'll be looking ahead to game week seven. However, if you haven't, if you're yet to follow us on Twitter, please do so at the Empty Stands and also on Instagram at the Empty Stands Podcast. You can send us a DM to join the conversation. And also if you'd like to be part of the episode. But first, we have two guests in the house, and it would be rude to keep them waiting. So, Abuka, before you introduce the guests, how are you doing today? Hi, Chicks. I'm good. Uh, I think I'm always good. <laughs> Even when my, my FPL team doesn't perform up to standard, uh, I always feel good to an extent. So, yeah, we're looking at another good week. Um, it's time to start thinking about our teams, who are going to bring in, who are going to sell. Um, and yet there's another international break coming up after game week seven. So, you know, you, you really don't want to have a red arrow because you now have two weeks to think about that red arrow. And it's, it's, it's not a good feeling because I've had a couple of those already uh, this season. On this episode, we have Greg, who uh, for the longest time has been the number one in the empty stands mini league. Recently, he got dethroned. Uh, we have a new king, and the new king is also here. Um, Victor, you know, a lot of people know him as Solution. Solution is here, uh, the new king of the empty stands mini league. Uh, but I want to start with Greg. Greg, how does it feel now that you are no longer empty stands FPL royalty? Being up there is, is boring and stressful at the same time. You've got to be constantly looking over your shoulder but i love it i love it at the top I, I i love it i love it just below the top you know chasing slowly last season um i was in a couple of leagues and i maintained second to fourth position until the very end i now stay like pushing for it i, I just love that chase it's, it's beautiful to be here okay interesting so so you you love the chase so that that puts extra pressure on on solution. So solution, uh, how does it feel to be right at the top, the king, the current king of the empty stands FPL mini league? Yeah, hi, Ebuka. Well, honestly, there's a twist to what Greg said, though. <laughs> you know, anyone at the top is naturally a target. So yeah, I don't mind. Honestly, feels weird, yeah, but it's completely amazing. Yeah, you know that thing that they say about about form. When a striker is in goal scoring form, he can literally score goals with, with any part of his body. Even if he kisses the ball from a corner kick, boom, the ball just finds <laughs> itself in the back. So I've never really been at the top spot in that at any point in time in the season in all my mini leagues. And this is my like third year of playing FPL. But I've just been around. But right now, yeah, I'm number one in all four of my mini leagues. I mean, it's an amazing, it's a feeling that. That is best experience, I guess. It's, it's really amazing. And hey, I'm up for the target, man. Bring it on. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's really, it's really amazing. Yeah, so it's, it's one thing to be at the top 
of the of the leagues be at the summit and just be looking down on, on others like mere mortals. I know that feeling. I've been there before. There's someone on this call. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, 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 I don't understand why I'm bringing all this all, all, all <laughs> the issue like 1998. I, I don't understand. Like, nobody no, asks no, you. No, 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 nobody Inter. asks. Who asks Talk to you? Us. Do you know how this feels? Have you ever felt this okay, way before? Fine. I don't, I don't <laughs> know how it feels. I, I, I've been second in the main league before and I was so happy. But I don't know how it feels, but it's fine. Don't worry. We will, this year, we have, we have a plan. We have a plan. No, Greg, I'll put it. I'll wait. I'll stop my FPLC. Trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so while Ibuka is still trusting the process for his FPL points to rise and, and shoot green arrows to the top, we'll be looking forward to game week seven. We have Luke Shaw being an injury doubt for Manchester United after, during the game, the last game week, that was game week six, and he didn't feature in the Champions League game, where Teller scored a screamer, by the way. So, and also United have increasing difficulties going into the next couple game weeks. Now, who would be the best FPL asset to replace the United left back? Solution, what do you think? Um, well, for me, and I think the, the universe will agree with me, yeah, can't get a better pick right now than a Chelsea defender. I mean, if the budget is not an issue yeah, in your team, I would say, as Pipreta, it's, it's, it's the next best thing to a starting defender, you know, just after Rudiger, of course. There is the TT roulette, but we know Rudiger will start more games, and I think Aspeta has played five out of six games already, and he can play in a back three or in a full back. So there's that edge of an attacking threat which he provides, you know, over Rudiger. So Rudiger, of course, is is the most nailed on 90 minutes defender in that Chelsea team, and their defense is really nice. Take nothing away from the fact that yes, two they've lost two games, but we know their fixture run is getting really, really easy. And so for me. I just think AZP is just the best, you know, just ahead of Rudiger. If you have just one spot, you know, and of course there is the James conversation. He's out with injury. So there's still that, there's just that extra edge for AZP. I feel if 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 the budget is not an issue here, yeah, I think Aspicota is probably the best. Of course, if you have, if you want to save some money, you can go for Christian Singh, which is not a bad shot anyway. I think he started five out of six as well games this season, but for me, AZP would be the best. I know you are. You may be asking me why not Alonso, because he's obviously the most explosive pick. I think the guy is literally a winger disguised, disguised as, as a wing back, right? But after what Tuchel did in the Champions League, you know, played 45 minutes and boom, Chiba was in. Almost that doubt just, it just, it's just too risky and my risk appetite is not that strong, so I think for now, I'll just go with the Chelsea defender and best pick for me will just be a yeah, I, I like that. I like that thought about having um, Chelsea defender to replace, to replace Luke uh, Shaw. Now, Greg, um, yes, a lot of people have Rudiger and we've also seen people with Alonso, Aspilicueta. You know, as Solution said, you know, Aspilicueta looks like a very good pick to have because if James is injured, he's going to play at uh, wing back, so he has that potential to, to deliver an attacking return ahead of, ahead of Rudiger. But do you think um, 
doubling up on 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 Chelsea assets or, or what we've seen a lot of people do. People have Rodiga Lukaku, some have Alonso Lukaku, some have um Aspilicueta Lukaku. Do you think two Chelsea players is enough, or it, should we have one more? And if you, if you believe so, who should be that extra? I think two Chelsea defenders at the moment is too much. If you had asked me this a week ago, I would have said, yeah, sure, two defenders, two Chelsea defenders. But City have proven like that they are here to stay defensively. So one thing we saw with City first few seasons with, um, I mean, after after the first season, first season was first season was not really a pep season, right, with City. But after that, we saw a lot of, we saw, we saw an explosive city side. We thought it was going to be like the next Barcelona, Tiki Taka, always attacking, you know, all of that stuff. But I think Premier League has kind of made Pep to evolve his managerial style. You notice now um, he's more willing to use two DMs in some matches. He's more willing to try to shut the defense, try to... Um, Make sure not not two fullbacks are going forward. You know things like that. It's very 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 like more defensively conscious than the Pep of when he first um, came to City. So I think City defense is one to look out for, and because of that, definitely you can't have um, two Chelsea defenders except you play back four because um, TAA is already going to have one of those spots. So I think. The defensive format now is um, one TA, of course, TA is, is all season long. Then one Chelsea and one City defence. So, so it's good that, that you brought City into the conversation of defensive assets. And I hear you, I hear Greg saying we should consider having one City, one Chelsea or City more than Chelsea. But should a City defensive double be on our cards? Should we consider having more than one season defender? Saying that, that they've only considered one goal in the season first part. Solution, what's your take on this? Um, so, yeah, we know that Man City is, they have literally the best attacking side in the Premier League. And they double as the best defensive as well. So, investing in their defense is really, it's a no brainer. I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good. It's a good thought. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting question because I think of the last cape of FPL this season, despite winning, you literally can go with, you can double up on the city, on the city defense, double up on the Chelsea defense, and maybe a Livermento, and you will still be fine. You know, there, there, is, there is so much value right now in the mutual options that are, and you won't get bumped. You know, in previous seasons, you would want to have a son. Um, so you want to have a Sonny, Bruno, a Rashford, a Salah, KDB, Sterling, Maris, but all these guys, just Salah is popping right now. You know, we have the likes of um, the Arsenal double up of Saka, Odegaard, there is Saab, there's Rafinha, there's Ben Rama, all these guys under six. So they can literally enable your squad to have two big hitters or even four big hitters. Now that Trent is obviously out. You can just go ahead and have a wild card and have two city defense, two Chelsea defense, have a big hitter in front, say Ronaldo, Kaku, have an Antonio, and have all those midfield options that you know you can rotate, and boom, you're fine. So I I feel 
yes, it, you, you can go ahead and double up on, on, on City defense. Like I said, I think they are they have the best defense in the league. And why not invest their fixtures after this Liverpool game? It's just going to get better. And imagine having a Cancelo and a Diaz. And you just know that both of them will be racking up BPS for you. I think I think it's a good shot. I think you can't double up on a city defense. Based on this season's the landscape is really just unique and I love it. I like I like how you mentioned uh Cancelo there. You know, I, I allowed my emotions to get the, the better of me. I benched Cancelo against Chelsea. So his his 12 Eesh. points, his 12 points were on my bench. And I remember um Ferran Torres, Ferran Torres didn't play the game. So I was praying that Rafinha wouldn't play. But Rafinha played and scored, yeah. So he came from my bench to replace Ferran Torres, but ah no Cancelo. So you know, I, I made up my mind that you know, going forward, whether Man City is playing 1999 Manchester United. Cancelo is going to start. <laughs> he can deliver. Uh, yeah, speaking of players that are delivering, there's this guy that has just been under the radar. Not a lot of us own him. And I don't know if it's because he's a forward now. And that's Alan Saint-Maximan. He has been consistent for Newcastle. And Greg, I just want to know, is he someone that we should be looking to have? Because a lot of people don't own him. Yeah. Since Maxima, any any week I look at his stats, I just go, oh, shit, I should have had this guy. Like, it's just that feeling of, I should have had this guy. He's a perfect, perfect budget enabler. He's, he's, a, he's a still at his price. I mean, he's under 7 million and he returns points every single week. There's only one week he didn't return points, and that was um, Villa away, where they lost 2-0 to Villa. So Newcastle, Newcastle's attack, well, counter-attack has been has been on another level this season. Him and um, Almiron, the, the passes, the way the passes flow and all of that, and anyhow that counter attack ends, since Maximum is at the end of it, is either the one assisting or he's the, or he's the one scoring. I mean, he's been playing like Ronaldinho this season. He's just something else, explosive. And their their fixtures weren't even good. In fact, it's just now that their fixtures start to take a turn from game week five, playing Leeds, Watford. And now they have Wolves, Spurs who are not doing so well defensively. Crystal Palace who have been conceding goals. You know, they have Brentford, Brighton coming up. So they are really, we're really about to see the real St. Mark's man. If what we've been seeing before and been enjoying has been so electric, <laughs> there's more to come. Provided he doesn't get injured, then so I, I believe, I believe you should find a way to fit and maximize your team. The only issue is a forward. You've got only three forwards to play. Antonio is on form. We're looking at Lukaku. We're looking at Ronaldo, Jimenez. But I think Antonio is what... I think um, St. Maxima is what giving a shout, especially at that value. And if you want to put more money into maybe a double up in defense from City or Chelsea, you know, stuff like that. St. Maxima is beautiful. 6.8 million. Well, well, it's it's good to see see that Maxima is is a player. He's one who I've admired for a while, and his performances, especially in the game against United, I watched closely. 
seem to be that spark for Newcastle and definitely as they move into easier fixtures, will definitely rack up points for you if you have yeah. him in your FBL. Well, another team who's who has seen the tides turn in their favor is Arsenal. And they're finally finding their form with back-to-back victories and a 3-1 victory against Tottenham in the North London dead now. And they have not really a difficult run of fixtures ahead. And I'm thinking to myself, at the beginning of the season, when I had my first draft, I had Emil Smith-Rowe, who bagged up a, a goal and an assist in that game. But if you were asked which players you, you would want to buy that would be watered from this Arsenal team, which players would that be solution? Uh, interesting question. Um, well, I can remember all the bans against Arsenal and boom, they just turned it all around. Now, Arsenal have been doing well in their last um, three fixtures. That was against Norway, Burnley and Spurs and then the three they're crashing. And it just gets better because they have a good run of fixtures coming up. In my team, um, I already have Saka. You know, got him in two weeks ago and he's definitely paid me in full. Personally, for me, I'll be looking at um, Ramsdale in goal. It looks like he's the new number one and I think he's here to stay. And based on their fixture, Ramsdale is a good shot. You know, in defense, um, you have like, two picks, Ben White for 4.4, because he's cheap and nailed on, you know, and if you have enough money to spend an extra 0.5, you can get Tien, because you know, Tien is more attacking, definitely, you know, get those um, returns. Tomiyasu for 4.5 is good, but I respect Tien and Ben White for more points and and, and BPS, and in, in, in the attack, you, you, you've got um, someone like Smithrow, you already have for 5.3, and he's nailed on, you know, decent, started five or six games. So you can literally say he's fairly neat. There's Odegaard, who looks guaranteed to play that that number 10, 10 role. So he's decent at 5.5. I think they are really cheap options. But long term, um, I don't think their goal threat is going to be as good as Saka, who is more likely to get you a goal, you know, a cheap, or you can chip in that assist as well. And... Because I feel he's the most nailed on, he's the one to get for that extra cost of 6.2 in that midfield or that wing position. Can take a point on Alba, but I don't know for Alba. He takes he takes a very valuable spot in that wing position. I know you've just listed some very valuable forwards now. There's Jimenez, there's Antonio, there's even Tony in the conversation who looks like he's almost near to fixture proof. I mean, look at how he troubled Liverpool. You know, so there are better priced options in the game at the moment. So for for me, the three I'll take is Ramsdale and go Tierney and definitely Saka. Those would be my topics from that team. And I, I never thought I'd see the day that you know talking about picking Arsenal assets. Oh God. <laughs> it, it, it just shows how, how how the stories and the tables can turn, you know. You know, season yeah. not so good now. But by looking at how to you know, get them in, I think solution was was it Saka and ESR that that got you the points that you needed to dethrone um, Greg, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so yeah, it was Saka, it was Saka. Saka. So you imagine Arsenal assets are doing it of all of all of, of all people to to count on. Um, yeah, so there's 
there's the Vardy party that's going on right now, and a lot of us are sleeping on it. I think Ronaldo coming to the PL kind of distracted everyone. Everyone's thinking about how to get Ronaldo or Lukaku for some Ronaldo and Lukaku, and a lot of people are sleeping on Vardy. Um, I just want to, to know, Greg, is Vardy a must-have? Do I need to start structuring my team in a way to get in Vardy as soon as possible? It's really, it's really a tough one, <laughs> and it's a headache. It's a headache to think about it because Vardy and Antonio this season have been in a world of their own. You're right. We didn't see Vardy because most people just have one premium striker and everyone is looking at Ronaldo Lukaku because of their stature in the football world. Right? I would still not say Vardy just because of just because Chelsea's fixtures edge a little bit and there is no other real Chelsea attacking assets than Lukaku, right? But if you're feeling a bit cheeky or if you're chasing your mini leagues, maybe you might try Vardy. I mean, I would, I would advise against it because Chelsea's features are just too beautiful coming up. I mean, that's Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. Wow, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better on those fixtures. So at, at not having Lukaku, not having Lukaku might be a risk. But if you can if you can structure your team in a way that you have two forwards, um, like solution rightly said, this season has given us a lot of has blessed us with a lot of budget options, very good budget options in like of Saka, ESR, Rafinha, Berama, Gray, you know, Dukore, there are a lot of them that are doing okay, Kalaga. So if you can structure your team the way that you have to premium forwards, maybe, maybe just fit in value. But that would mean you might have to leave out Antonio, which is also a risk. So at 10.4, value might just be a no-no. But just depending on your team and depending on what you're doing and what you're looking for. If you're looking to go full-on differential and you're chasing, then maybe you just go to the body part. Aside that, to be a no for me, just, just because of that price. Well, price determines a lot when, when we're setting our FPL team. And, and one player who not necessarily falls under budget is Diego Jota. Diego Jota. And in the game against Brentford, we saw Jota and Firmino in the team at the same time on the pitch. And we're thinking to ourselves, is this going to be a, a more... Are we going to see this more often? Is this going to be a setup that club would turn to more often? Or... Is it time to sell Diogo Jota? Solution, what do you think? Yeah, for the for the Jota familiar experiment, well, I don't think Klopp does that most most times. In last season, he did maybe like one, two, highest three times. So, yes, in that Liverpool team, I, I think for me, I think Jota may just be the best finisher. I know there is Salah and all the money conversation, but I just feel Jota takes his chances. Yeah, so. Once you put in familiar into that conversation, I really don't think it's something that you want to um, have Jota in that squad. And then you still know that familiar is getting into much fitness. That doubt is just too much of a headache. You know, in FPA, what you need is a 90-minute man. Because even in the 90th minute, I mean, the goat is there. You know you can get a point. But if you have someone that... 
it just makes the game much harder. So for me, I don't think, and then their fixtures is not so, it's, yes, it's great, but then, okay, just imagine they have Man City and then they have Watford next. What if Chota plays Man City, Femio plays Watford? I think there's just that uncertainty that's just in your heart. So for me, I just think Jota is a, is, I think it's hard time just taking him out because Femio is getting much fitness and all of that headache is just really, is, is, is really too much to handle, you know, Fair in the point. game. Yeah, I was suspecting that too. With Firmino uh, coming back, you know, Jota might not be that cheap way to, you know, Liverpool's attack anymore. Because yes, he's cheap or cheaper than the rest, but he most likely be on the bench. As you 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 know, it's all, it's evident that they play a lot better when Firmino is on the pitch. He just knows how to make everything on in the attack uh, just flow naturally. Um, now we're getting to the point where we need to ask ahead of game week seven, uh, Greg, starting with you, who are you trusting with the armband? Who's going to be your captain? Mm, for this game week, I'm going with Rafinha. Uh, I feel it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, knee-jerk reaction to solution of a me with, uh, <laughs> with the soccer blind signing, kind of. So, <laughs> It's just this knee-jerk reaction that is coming to me like, okay, why don't I try something? I mean, solution is here and solution is really hear me. So, <laughs> so it's no more really so much of a surprise. But yeah, I just wanted to do something. I just want to do something different and give it to Rafinha against Watford. Rafinha is back to full fitness. Um, we saw what he did playing only 66 and 68 minutes in the last two matches. He was able to um, get, get the goal in each match. And he was still able to play quite okay, even though he was not not up to full fitness. So I'm looking at Rafinha coming to full fitness versus a Watford thing that have just been considering every single match, literally. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm giving it to Rafinha. But if if you if you're not looking to be different, if sorry, sorry, if you're not looking to be differential, I just have to add this because not everybody not everybody wants to be differential. And I don't want to advise anybody to be differential except you have a strong reason in your heart. So if you're not looking to be differential, then just go with um Ronaldo or Antonio because they have good home fixtures. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh solution, what about you? I'm just wondering how Greg was able to just miss out on the standard pick Lukaku against Southampton. I mean, how did you? <laughs> I, I, and I, your Watford. I was, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for your team. You know, I <laughs> wow. <laughs> for me, I would have loved to give straight up to Lukaku. Right? Not because I'm a Chelsea fan, but I don't know. It's just as in the fixture is really just too good, and I know we've lost the last two. But hey, I will always favor fixtures over form sometimes because look at Jimenez. Yeah. You never expected that he would. And boom, he just... Because the fixtures won't lie. It's really good. So the standard pick would be Southampton's game against Chelsea and you just drop it on the Kaku. But my transfer plan was destroyed when Bamford took that injury. So I was supposed to save a transfer and then, you know, get... Lukaku and two Chelsea defenders. Right now, I'm top. I'm not taking that heat. No way. Exactly. So I'm left with 
Uh, yeah, 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 I'm just uh, the only person I have there. The, the, the goat. I mean, that's why he's the goat, right? Why call him a goat if he cannot do it? My money is on Ronaldo. I'll just, you know, when you're up, you're not really ready to be differential because why are you even, you're already different. <laughs> See, I'm so ready well played, you're already I don't, different. I don't, you don't talk about differential anymore. You just, so my money will be on Ronaldo. Yeah, so Definitely. Solution, take the heat. Take the heat. You can do it. Be it just a <laughs> Imagine removing Ronaldo for minus four and then boom, he gives me two points. And the Lukaku scores a brace. I will I'll, I'll have a very bad night or a bad weekend. <laughs> so we're all looking yeah. and, and we hope to see how all of this pans out in this game week seven. Quickly before we round up, just give a quick update on the win league. So like you already heard from the two kings, the previous and the reigning um, king at this time. With Team Hagen, United moving from second position to sit at first position and formerly first position, Gregory Uzo FC now dropped down 13 points behind first to sit at second. Third has been (laughs) for a while now with no point intended, sitting pretty there. Uh, Just a little bit above 20 points from the top. While at the bottom, it seems Netfinders FC have found the net in 100th position and made it theirs. Sitting pretty there for the past three game weeks. And Sakam and Jay, as well as Tierway FC, have been the neighbors of Netfinders FC down at the bottom of the table. And with that, we have come to the end of yet another episode of the Empty Stands podcast. Don't forget to send us your teams for feedback and suggestions ahead of this game week on Twitter at the Empty Stands and on IG at the Empty Stands podcast. Do have a great game week seven and a lovely international break ahead. Laters. <laughs>